Thank you for joining us for another night of Dungeons and Dragons. I am, as always, your host, Kenny. I am joined by the core body of my uh, group of adventurers tonight with our artificer. Hey, y'all. It's Dylan, playing Boomer. Our bard. Our bard. Oh, hi. That's me. I'm sorry. I'm not paying attention. Austin playing Elf. This is what happens when you think that memes are more important than D&Ds. It's actually a fact. I'm really backed up on the memes. Well, everyone, that neutrality. everyone's backed up on the memes, dude. It's just a constant flow. Anyway, bringing up the back of this intro is our rogue. Hey, it's Devin. I'm playing for um. So, um, our paladin, not our paladin, geez, our fighter will be joining us at some point tonight. However, our warlock is out being a fucking rock star, quite actually. So uh, he'll he'll be uh, without will be without him this week. So um, allow me to refresh the table and the internet uh, where we last left off. Our party had just come back to their senses um, in the stable car of the Ella Rail train that was heading north, I believe, and uh, I think we just kind of cold ended right there. Am I wrong? Or did I say anything else happened after you guys got back into the train? I believe it was a cold ending. Okay, so... I think that was it, yeah. So, uh, like I said, you guys are conscious. Um, and, you know, like on, like on the ground. But uh, you've already seen the situation. There's, you know, the couple of mutilated horses There's uh, that were mutilated before you guys went into the realm of the dead. There is uh, two Grick bodies that are, well, once were Grick bodies, now they're just piles of ash. Um, and then uh, you can hear footsteps approach as several employees of the Ella Rail are reaching out and speaking to you in common, saying and asking if you are all okay uh, and if you require medical attention. Uh, did we heal up afterward, or did we just come from the realm and we're already, you know, we're pretty messed up from that, too? Yeah, I mean, if you guys had lingering damage from the realm of the dead, you still have those wounds. Are, is the, are the madness and everything still there, too? No, the madness is gone. Remember, uh, when, you, oh, yeah, when yeah. you broke yeah. the end, yeah. it released After you. we killed that kid. Yes. Um, So, um, I am going to uh, accept their help for, for uh, healing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> one of the Elorail members uh, brandishes a holy symbol uh, and immediately sets to closing and mending your wounds, uh, fixing and uh, righting any damage in your armor or weaponry with uh, mending spells. Um, mm -hmm. And within a few short moments, pretty much every single one of you are in tip-top condition, although there was an obvious amount of strain in that process. So uh, after that is done, that member of the staff is walked out of the cabin um, with the hands of, in the, and with the assistance of another member. Um, okay. So I guess uh, you guys are back on your feet then. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Yeah. 
there are three representatives of the Ella Rail in the stable car. Two of them look like the guards that were standing outside the stable car earlier, and one of them is not the same investigator that you had worked with before, um, but he has that same air about him. Uh, very studious, very stern in the eyes, but uh, but not aggressive. And seems to be wearing a little bit more of a uh, sharp outfit by comparison to the other people in the room. Uh, during this whole process, L has a lot of questions. Right. Uh, Which like is appropriate. Where, like what, what this just looked like from the outside and how long we were gone and such. So um, in the interest of that, the detective sort of individual walks up to you and says, I'm sure you all have a lot of questions. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of questions. Uh, yes. What just happened, old boy? Well, I have some theories, and I'm sure I'd love to hear your perspective on things to confirm or deny some of them. If you would join me in my car. Sure. What do you got, Alexis? This I believe he's probably talking about a train car. Probably. You got one of the BMWs? Uh, I don't know what a BMW is. Uh, fun fact, it is actually... No, I'm not going to go with that. <laughs> It's Boomer Machine Works. Oh my god! Uh, I'm not doing this. I'm you, not going to do it. For some reason, he just can't get the little blinky lights on the left and right side to work right. Yeah, it's so weird. Anyway, so he he <laughs> es escorts you and uh, bids you to follow him rather out of the stable car, uh, to which the two guards are already cleaning up the brick ash mess. Um and mutilated horse corpses mess. Um, he leads you through only about half of the car um, when he says, oh, don't worry about those aberrations that were there. Those tend to latch onto the L-Rail from time to time. You see, they feast upon the magical energies that residually come off of the, the elementals. And... Well, we thought that we were clean of them on this trip, and evidently I was quite mistaken. So I'm sorry if any of them uh, befell upon you. Although I think, well, allow me to not get too far ahead of myself. Please join me in this in this room. He opens a door that he's sitting next to that has um, what the average person would call an exorbitant amount of locks on it. Uh, almost comedic. There's like five different bar locks uh, that he has keys for, one that he has to draw some sort of sigil on with his finger, and then uh, two separate locks past that. So it's quite the, the mechanism to hold this door shut. Hmm. But uh, after It's he, a very secure room. For very secure purposes, my friend. Please, go inside and make yourself comfortable. He opens the door, uh, and it almost looks like a green room or like a safe room for uh, people of importance, as there are several other of these detective-looking conductor types uh, and, and, uh, and one other person that you recognize. Um, in fact, when you initially think it's one person you recognize, it's actually two people. It's the Brothers McGurk. And, uh, what? They, oh, hey there, old boys. The, the brothers look to you and sort of 
not almost troubling in their face. Trouble trouble is their face. But uh, as the conductor investigator character that you're with uh, leads you into this room, he goes, I'm afraid I'm going to have to requisition this entire room. If you would all make yourselves scant, I will fill you in afterwards. But I feel that too many prying eyes and prying ears will keep the truth from me. So if you would please, he sort of takes a bow before his co-workers, basically. Uh, and they all sort of stand up and leave the room, including the Brothers McGurk. Uh, wait, before y'all go, what'd y'all, what'd y'all think of that, that gear crank? One of the, as, as they're sort of passing you, um, make a uh, perception check. Oh man, that's not good. Oh, that's not bad. 15. I rolled a 16. I have a negative one. Um, Score! <laughs> you, don't, you don't notice anything until um, the second of the two brothers, the last person of this sort of uh, march of people to leave the room. Uh, so the second McGurk brother sort of like, as he's leaving the room, sort of looks back and gives it a little quick wink and carries on. Oh, did y'all see that voice he gave me? He liked it! So, uh, so that so the room finishes clearing out, um, and uh, the room in front of you almost kind of looks like a champagne room, or kind of like a blown up version of like one of those couch on uh, corner couches in like a fancier restaurant, not fancier, but like a TGI Fridays. Um, so there's a couple of small tables to be accessed, but the majority of the perimeter of the room is like cushioned couch. Uh, that wraps around almost the entire perimeter of the room. And, uh, oh, hello. We're being joined by our fighter, I believe. Uh, hi, this is Jeff Flanger. Right on. Uh, You're perfectly almost on time. Yay. I'm a squeaky clean boy. All you've missed is the party uh, has stirred themselves from being thrown back into the material realm. Um, <clears throat> they They were briefly... Uh, questioned slash enlightened and most importantly healed by staff of the Ella Rail. And just now your party has been led into an, a now empty room that uh, is pretty much like a comfortable interrogation chamber, you should take it as. Uh, it's kind of like a green room for like uh, VIP people. And uh, there is a okay. there is a conductor who is wearing a slightly sharper outfit Um and has uh, discerning eyes. So, uh, you all, and, and uh, I, I guess, do you all sit down or anything? Uh, yeah. I wait for him to sit down before doing so. Okay. Sure. Yeah. There, sorry, Dracon, I missed. I may have missed this in the description. Uh, were there libations anywhere in this room? Um, there is a center table away from all of the sort of seating at the perimeter of the room. That has yeah. a spread of cheeses, breads, meats, salted meats specifically, uh, and a couple of tall growler-like bottles of McGurk's Lurks. Ah, uh, L is going to investigate the McGurk's Lurks. All right, roll for investigate. <coughs> As um, he drinks it. <coughs> Constitution save. Yeah. Let's do it. No, um, so... Okay, uh, the conductor takes a couple of crackers and a piece of bread um, 
pours himself a, a <laughs> modest glass of McGurk's Lurks and sits uh, on, in one of the corners, pulls out from his belt pocket, or uh, belt pouch, a sort of uh, writing pad and also a quill and inkwell, sets it on the table next to his food and beer and looks to you all and says, well, would you like me to go first or shall you give me the indulgence of you all going first? Uh, why don't you just go ahead and go first and we'll go after. Very good. I'll tell you what I what you probably want to know, and then you can start asking me questions. When you're done, we'll flip the script. Sound fair? Yeah, sure. Sure, whatever. Yeah. Lovely. So, before we get too professional, allow me to first introduce myself. Uh, he sort of, with the quill still between his fingers, sort of slicks his hair back, and a little bit of uh, fire flicks through his hair, uh, and he reveals himself from being a rather mundane-looking human male to being uh, a tiefling of sorts with uh, sort of a brimstony purple skin and uh, embery eyes. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how common are tiefling in, your, in this world? Um, we had two in our party. <laughs> oh, yeah, never mind. We had one in the party. No, you're right. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. sorry. Um, tiefling are not uncommon. Um in Yalzar, but they are probably one of the few races out of the player's handbook that still, like, a tiefling walks into the room and a couple of people go, oh, a tiefling. You know, like, they don't raise up pitchforks and torches, but they do raise a brow. They're not they're not commonplace. And similarly to, um, oh, geez. Similar to Dragonborn would probably... Uh, be yeah. under some level of suspicion or watch uh, in like really rural towns with no real connection to the outside world. Where, right. where cool. superstition is more important than knowledge. Yeah. Uh, so he reveals himself and uh, sort of gently bows in his seat and says, you may know me as Varelius. My last name's not important. We may never meet again, but you may call me Borelius. Howdy, I'm Frung. Frung nods and notates uh, Vivi and his uh, fanfiction. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, He goes, of course, uh, allow me to continue then. So, uh, Mr. Brightgem, was it? Uh, y- yeah, that, that's my last name, but you can call me Boom. Uh, of course. Uh, so, I understand that you have quite the shaken opinion of a night you recently woke up from. Allow me to give you some good news and some bad news. The bad news is, is that those women are, in fact, dead. Um, the good news is, you didn't kill them. The wounds that those women suffered are very consistent with Grick fate, uh, well... Grick inflicted wounds and lacerations. So we have come to the very concise conclusion that it was the uh, Gricks that are on board, well, were on board, that were the cause of their demise. Uh, why they uh, stir, steered from you is, well, I have my theories, but uh, 
simple to say, I believe your blood was a little unfavorable to be drank that night, if I can be blunt. Yeah, um, I had uh, a lot of alcohol and possibly other things in it, so that makes sense. So, I hope that sets you at some ease. Yeah, um, what's going to happen to the girls? They, they're going to get a proper burial? Of course. We, we, this is unfortunately, well, it is a rarity to happen on the Yellow Rail, but it is not an unknown situation. Um, as with any other situation, in which case there would be mortality on the, on the rail, we will have their bodies uh, deposited at the next large town we come across, where they will be embalmed and preserved and their families will be contacted at which point they will be given the burial rites uh, as per their family's desires, or at the worst case, their bodies will be delivered to their hometowns. I don't know. It sounds like Boomer buried them pretty good that night. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, let's not speak badly about that. Anyways, that's very good, and I appreciate that, old boy. You're of and he's going to shoot him the finger gun. <clears throat> he's going to smile and almost write down that finger guns are clearly a um, Garen would kind of just look kind of lost in his own thoughts and roll around one of those bottles of McGurk without touching it. Oh. Boomer's going to turn to uh, Garen. Like, uh, by the way, bud, sorry about everything. You know. uh, he'd kind of <clears throat> look at Boomer and... and um, Almost actually looked fairly haunted about the whole experience, and uh, he would you would just say it wasn't you, and then he'd get silent again. Boomer is going to go over and hug him. Okay. He feels really bad about. Varelius is going to almost seem to chomp at the bit to inquire, but he's going to restrain himself, remind himself uh, almost under his own breath that uh, it's not my turn to ask. Get to the point. Right. So. You all uh, experienced an anomaly of some sort. These are not unheard of either, um, although they, again, are, I mean, much more rare than Grick incidents and other aberrations trying to latch onto the train. Those happen almost yearly. Uh, however, there's only been two other occasions of people um, suffering a shift of the realm to say and uh, I think that well I know with our very limited data but you all make it quite a consistent pattern at this point it seems that your exposure to the crystals of Yal uh, Zar seem to cause these anomalies on the other rail as uh, the other two times in which this sort of situation happened were both occasions for which the there was a group of individuals who had recent close contact with one of the crystals. So I'm assuming, since you've come from the south and the, the Great Desert, that you may have had some contact with the Crystal of Fire. Is that fair to say? How long was the group before us, and who were they? Oh, they were... People of moderate notoriety, uh, uh, some 60, 80 years ago, 
really not much of a thing to be bothered about. Um, but uh, but they did some sort of thing where they allegedly saved the world. Um, but uh, but they had close contact with the crystals before they rode on the Elorail, which adds up to this situation. And the time before then was... Well, yes, you have yeah. guessed correctly. Frung would write that down, and, and then after... Um, L said something. He'd be like, "Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's exactly where we were coming from." Right, of course. Good to know that everything is actually our fault," says as he collapses petulantly into one of the couches. Well, fault is a bit dramatic, but I see that that is your profession. Um, let's see. What else can I tell you that you don't already know? Um, oh. Yes, uh, we are on time to your destination, and obviously uh, your ticket prices will be reimbursed, considering the issues you suffered on board. Uh, I have also been permitted to offer you to meet with one of the higher-ups of the Elorail service uh, to discuss compensation for your grievances that you will likely have. Uh, does that interest any of you in your party? I mean, whatever, sure. I mean, uh, Frung would look to the party and say, hey, I mean, we can get possibly free transit out of this across the ocean. I mean, Karen would kind of nod and, and, and mutter that uh, contacting someone of authority might not be a terrible idea given their current situation. And uh, maybe I could throw some ideas to the big honcho about maybe not using elementals or traders or pull the trains left and right, but maybe we could use some sort of, I don't know, fossil fuel or whatever to you know, move this train along safely. Uh, please, you're going to have to spare my slightly ignorant ears. I am not a scholar nor an engineer. Um, although, on that matter, I would suggest brevity when dealing with uh, one of the higher-ups when it comes to that sort of information. They've all heard it at least twice, and some of them don't care to hear it a fourth time. So I would feel out your situation carefully before addressing them on those matters. But, yeah, I got you. Uh, I can have invitations sent to your room. Uh, I believe all of you were interested in that. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that, that sounds good. Lovely. I'll have invitations sent in for all of you. Uh so, um, allow me to then uh, turn the offer to you all. You may ask me questions at this point before I get to have my turn of inquiry. How long have you been with the LRL? Oh, six years now? Well, Vivi, what have you done before that? Um, well, my name is Varelius, but... I don't really see why you're inquiring about me. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you said that I could ask questions. I apologize. Um, do you guys know anything much more about what occurred? Um, are you guys researching what, you know, anything into what's causing the portals to open? Well, like I said, it's, there seems to be a direct correlation uh, with individuals having recently been exposed to the crystals energies. 
that causes these uh, portals to occur. But again, uh, I am I am not a scholar, so I'm sure that there are some individuals much more learned than I that would love to have this information and create some deductions. And I imagine with that information and knowledge, uh, put forward uh, preventative measures to cause that to not be an issue anymore. All right, uh, one last question. Uh, what is your favorite color? I am a fan of uh, velvets and, well, I suppose velvet purple. Okay, thank you. That's all. <clears throat> Anyone else have a question that pertains to this given situation of utmost importance and notable <sighs> trauma? Um. So, you don't, no, I'm in past. Uh, uh, just a quick question. Did, did they explain where we went or just that we went somewhere? Uh, no. Uh, in, <clears throat> sorry. Um, and Garen would ask, do you have any idea where exactly we went? Oh, I imagine we'll find the answer to that question when I ask you all about that location. Hmm. Do you have any questions towards me or anything like that? Not particularly. Uh, we were out of character. We were starting to get the sense that... Uh, the Elorail was being shady and suspicious and keeping secrets before we were teleported to a different dimension. Yeah. Do we feel like that is still the case, or have those secrets been brought to the fore? Like, is this an know. adequate explanation? Yeah. You know, I hide about the murders of those two girls earlier. You said, oh, they were suicide murders, blah, 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 blah. And now you're telling me that, you know, it's Ricks that killed them? Why, why hide it? Why, why can't you just tell us? Sorry, I don't know. Are you guys back in character at this point? What's up? Are you guys back in character at this point? I think Boomer's comment was in character, yes. Yeah. Uh, he So, Varelius sort of looks at you and says, Well, I'm sure it was expo explained to you before, but bloodshed on the rail tends to, in the early years of operation, would almost guarantee a, f a frenzy or a panic. And I don't know any of you all's experience in a panic or a, or a, or a mob going berserk, but uh, it is it's most terrifying in small, confined spaces that you can't leave, such as the rail. So whenever there's an instance of bloodshed on the rail, it is protocol, essentially, to create a quick and, and effortless story at first to placate any inquiries until we find out the actual cause, in which case we are generally very forthcoming about it. All right, well, that worked. Thank you. I just don't want, know why you guys can't be forthcoming about it. Oh, right. 
Well, because nothing raises simple people to panic quicker than saying, we don't know why these people died. We're looking into it. Um, Oh, no, I get that. I mean, before they get on the train, hey, there's a possibility of this happening. Would you get on the rail if every time you got on it, we we told you that there could be a chance of death? If it's convenient enough. You got a chance of death going going on the road. Shoot. Couple of could have died. I was on a cart and this freaking house got up on chicken legs, started running around. I could have died there, but I didn't. We saw a tarasque on the road. I didn't die. <coughs> I mean, everywhere, friend. Yeah. I understand that you aren't the person to be angry about here, but really, the Ella Rail is allowing its passengers to ride with no knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> It seems outrageous. I mean, I'm feeling hysterical, but that's outrageous. It it would be. However, I'm afraid you haven't done your homework, sir. Uh, We record and put to book and spine every instance of issue that occurs on the Ella Rail. And if you go to any of the major cities where they have their major libraries, where the Ella Rail uh, keeps versions of this book, which there are several places I might need to tell you, uh, you can find the the logs of what has happened, uh, when, and uh, what direction the train is going, even. <clears throat> hmm. It would be bad business to do the contrary. Just as it would be bad business to tell everyone as they walk through our doors, oh, mind you, sir, Watch the step. You could die, uh, and that has nothing to do with the step. You could just die on that rail. No, no one would. No one would ride it. It's just bad business. Hmm. Well, consider me unconvinced. My job is to give you all information, not to convince you of anything. Hmm. Well, thank you. You've been. Most illuminating. I'd like to go to my room and get drunk and pass out. You're very welcome to do that. However, you all still owe me the opportunity to inquire to your perspective of things. Can I get started? He L asks as he goes to get another liquor expert. There's a reason why they were left behind. So Alright, old boy, what's your questions? Well, first things first, I want to make sure that I'm speaking to exactly to who I believe I might be speaking to. So forgive me if you have preferred nicknames, Boomer, but uh, allow me to also use your proper names. And correct me if I make mistakes, please. This is for records. Uh, I believe I'm speaking to Bumble Bright Gem? Yep, that's me. Would you say that your current residence at the... Dwarven Kingdom is still the case, or do you have a new presence? Uh, well, yeah, I guess my stuff's still there. Uh, yeah, that'd be it. My mom kind of watches after it. Oh, wonderful. Uh, we we will not be sharing your information. I don't know how well you know these people, so your information. Oh, is good. I got a lot of cool stuff there. I don't want people touching. You know. Naturally, of course, we all have things that we don't want uh, molested. In our absence. Yeah, you don't have things that could blow a hole in the world. Oh, uh, that's a good assumption on your part. 
Uh, right. So um, we also have Geherin, I believe your name is, sir. He would nod. That's right. <clears throat> uh, do you have a family or surname? No, he would say simply. Right. Okay. Uh, you are Farum of the High Elf Kingdom, correct? That is correct. One of the my uh, my my house name is Nightleaf. Nightleaf. I swear, people can't be trusted to find simple information about people. I have uh, Evening Star as your last name. It's not even half right. Eh, close enough, you know, elves. I would not make presumptions. Uh, everywhere I find your name, Mr. L, is simply that. You've been very careful. Uh, is there a reason for that? And what is your full name, if you don't mind me asking? I do. It's just L. Charmed, I'm sure. Of course. Uh, your friend who's been a little tight-lipped, the uh, drow. It's okay. You can call him stony-faced. <laughs> <laughs> Even Karen's looked the curl into a smile at that right now. <laughs> he got turned stone. Oh, did he? That's a harrowing experience. Although you all have proven to be quite, uh, well, capable since you were able to reverse that. That's normally a difficult process to mend. Uh, <laughs> uh, his name is Valid Dust. Oh, yes. I've heard his name before. Unfortunate. No, not at all. He, well, has a good track record, you could say. And then there is... Hmm. Yes, it is all of you, isn't it? So sorry. So, I would like to know what your experience was when you left this realm and entered the other one. If you could describe the other realm to me, and if not too upsetting, describe the individual's that seems to be native to that realm. Ashen ones. <laughs> uh, well, when we got there, we were surrounded by what seemed uh, to be some sort of uh, abjuration uh, spell protecting us from uh, what was, you know, Outside of there, yes, all um, of the all of the cars and the rail are protected with very powerful protective magic. Huh? Well, it seemed to stop working when we started moving. Karen would uh, pipe up there and say, and things didn't like to seem being thrown outside of it, especially dead things. Oh yeah, there were tons of dead things around. Did we mention the dead things? No, because it was nothing but pretty much dead things. Exploding horses. I, I think they only exploded because we threw them against the, the, the protective spell, bud. You would can raise a finger, still one exploding horse. Can you tell me more about your surroundings in the other realm? What, what was it like there? 
painful. Apparently, if you left the protective shell, it was like a uh, a wasteland of sorts. Very like like, like <clears throat> if if the sands ate away at all the vegetation. What color were the mountains, or even were there mountains? Gray. Were the mountains also the flesh and blood and bone? Uh, Not it. Or were they just mountains? No, uh, I believe I described them as being like almost made of obsidian, just like jet black and yeah. crusty. Oh. Uh, jet black and crusty, like a like an oozing scale. Hmm. Oh, I think I have an idea. Was the ground mostly made of bone? The rails were. Uh, Jacon, what is the answer to that question? Yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Most of the locals were. Then you. Except for the one, except for the ones that were furry and the one that had the swirly face. I'm interested. Tell me more. Oh, we came across this tribe of furry, kind of like short creatures. Um. They helped us out there. They seem to be all right. They just like to trade for things. Uh, their leader could speak all languages, and he had kind of like this swirly, vortexy kind of face. Sounds uh, like a pact of a warlock of some sort. Yeah, sure. He he spoke uh, you know languages. Um, all of them. If I may take a jab at it, it sounds like you folks. Ended up in the second dead realm. Sure. Yeah, and then we came across this guy. Um, he kind of looked vampiric. He moved his very creepy, very creepy guy. Um, very cold. He made us go into his basement and kill some stuff. I don't want to go into it. Uh, at the mention of that, Garen's hand would uh, squeeze the bottle he's holding almost to the breaking point. Apparently, we did him a great service. Ooh. Well, that should be good to remind yourself, should you ever find yourself back in the second dead realm. Yeah, sure. Hopefully, we won't find ourselves back there again. Um... I happen to be a little well-versed in when it comes to the planes of existence. Uh, do any of you have any idea about that sort of thing? No. Uh, maybe? Should I roll something? If you'd like That's to. Arcana, right? That would... Um, I don't know, actually. Let me check. I try not to play with the planes too much because it's fucking complicated at best and a pain in the ass Back. at worst. Well, they're kind of like an ogre. There's layers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Boo. I don't need of existence. That's <laughs> not right, Let's just say that it's an in check. Still, let me roll one of those. That's not great. Uh, 
that's 12. So you're familiar that there are other realms of existence, um, but you've never really bothered yourself with the study of them. So you know they exist, and you know that they generally all have very specific purposes, um, and the purpose of the material realm is to serve as a control group of, of uh, basics and, like, norms for which all the other planes sort of uh, mock and mimic in their own ways. But you don't know about the other realms very well. Cool. Yeah, I'm not a... Uh, no, I don't know too much, old boy. Uh, why don't you tell us what you know? Well, if I were to tell you what I know about the other realms of existence, we'd probably be here today and the full tomorrow. Uh, but allow me to talk about the information that's relevant to you all and your exposure. Um, so, uh, key aspects of the second dead realm are they are it's despite it being called the second dead realm, it's actually the dead realm of the three for which there are is the one closest to our material plane of uh, of Yalzar. It um, almost looks just like Yalzar, with the sole exception of obviously its uh, look. The way it looks is very different, but uh, the mountain ranges are very similar. The uh, it's almost like a sort of dead version of Yal, Yalzar, uh, to put it simply. Its, its atmosphere certainly was lacking the charm. Yes. And what's very important to note is that if you are not a denizen of the Second Dead Realm and you stay there, you will very, very quickly die uh, there. It is very harmful for anything living to be in the Second Dead Realm that isn't from the Second Dead Realm. Yep, that sounds about right. What is bet what is noteworthy, however, and why we don't worry about the second dead realm too much in the material plane is because the same rules apply for the second dead realm denizens to our realm. So they can't really come over uh, to our realm and stay there for very long. Um, well, that's good. Hmm. But you mentioned that you <clears throat> met someone... Did they mention their own name or who they were at all? Damn it. What was that guy's name? Did we ask him? He told us, however, we were in the middle of camping during that session, so. And people were dying, so. Will we roll a history check to remember? Uh, that, would, that would require me as a DM to also remember, and I don't. Uh, his name was, oh, shoot, oh, God, uh, something, <laughs> something, something, if you guys don't remember, then we can just play with that. Uh, yeah, Karen would say his name doesn't matter, only that the next time. No, nah, his name was Nosferatu Bellingham, that's what it was. <laughs> what was it? I was going to just call him Nosferatu Bonyhands. I've never heard of that name. Did he... Coach Ferratu. Did he proclaim to be anyone of importance? <laughs> did he proclaim what? Did he proclaim to be anyone of importance in that realm? He said uh, he ruled the realm, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said he ruled it, or at least that part. 
I mean, he made us get rid of someone who caused him trouble. I mean, the last living thing that could cause him trouble that he said. Huh. He played us all for fools, Karen would say. Well, allow me to be honest with you. It sounds like if he was having trouble with a living creature, then he was probably also a living creature of some caliber, which means he probably wasn't native to that realm. You know, he had these uh, servants that had uh, these weird faces underneath of their veils made us go crazy, at least one of us, namely oh, me. The madness is a very common symptom of people who don't belong in the, the second dead realm being in the second dead realm. Uh, it is a place of death and madness, so it makes total sense that you probably lost a little bit of, a, of your grip on your own brain while you were there. Uh, I'm sure that you don't feel those feelings anymore. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I feel... Other than sadness, pretty okay. Mm, I'll drink to that. It well, does. Well then, I'm ready to say. Uh, allow me to uh, conclude that I have. Uh, oh, actually, one last question before I put my quill away. Uh, how is it exactly that you returned? Uh, we took care of that problem for him. And he had a portal in this giant tower. That shot us back into this realm. Or actually, he said it could send us anywhere that we asked to in this realm. Um, we came back here due to the problem of me might having to kill them two girls, and I don't want to be on a run. Oh. Anyways, yeah, he said he pretty much had, you know, could take us wherever we wanted. Oh, what a missed opportunity. Forgive my uh, bluntness. Um, I respect your integrity. For wanting to come back and making sure that things were set straight. Very value, very uh, valorous of you. But if I could give you all any advice to carry on with the rest of your lives with. Should you find yourself in the position to go to any realm that you want to. Um, there's a, well. You probably want to go to the third dead realm. That place is lovely, so I've heard. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, lovely? It's a dead realm. You are correct. Now, so there are sort of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Oh, um, themes to how the three dead realms uh, view the living. Um, the second dead realm, as you experienced, uh, hates the living uh, and, and does everything in its power to kill it. The third, dead, right. the third dead realm, um, essentially, the third dead realm views anything living as a god. And the denizens of the, of the third dead realm will treat anything from the material plane as divine. Is there any way you can put this train in reverse? And, you know, maybe we can make our way through. Nope. Old boy owes us a favor. I'm afraid I can't. But uh, just, I'm just, do that. just that look, just looking forward. Should you ever have an opportunity and not much else on your plate, um, taking a brief stint to the third dead realm is uh, is pretty delightful. 
Again, so I've heard, never been. Anyway, uh, as I said, Who did you hear from? I'm sorry. Who did you hear from? Uh, well, a book. What book? Well, it's a book of the planes, specifically uh, a book of the planes dedicated to the dead realms. Do you have a copy of this book? Oh, not on me. I imagine your illustrious library in your hometown would, well, forgive me, in your capital city, would most likely have a copy, or at least uh, books pertaining to this topic. Interesting. Anyway, I will have the invitations sent to your uh, cabin, and I will see you all hopefully never again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's kind of a, We might see each other. I mean, you're a pretty cool guy. We can hang out. Well, I suppose what I mean to say is hopefully we never have to meet again in this capacity. Oh, yeah, that's true. So about hanging out. You, you want to come back to the cabin? You seem pretty cool. Talk about some stuff. You're very kind, uh, Mr. Boomer. Uh, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to take the information you all have just given me and uh, make sure that it is sent to the correct ears and eyes as soon as possible. Yeah. All right, then, man. Have a good one. Very well. Who, who are those people? I don't know that that's any of your business, sir. Oh, man, that, was, that should have been one of my questions. Yeah. Well, all right. Enjoy your evening. Will do. And he stands up and opens the door for you. Uh, Boomer, as everybody gets up, he's going to go and grab a hold of Gehan's hand. He's like, come on, buddy. It's going to be all right. We're going to figure this out. <clears throat> uh, Garen would kind of just look at him and say, um, what good are we if we can't even save one child? Listen, buddy. It got crazy then. Real crazy. And I'm sure this is my fault. And I apologize. But let me tell you, I've been through some stuff and I've seen some things. And you can't save everybody. Um, now come, Gary would kind of mutter that he knows that all too well and would kind of just let Boomer lead him wherever he's leaving. He's really messed up. He's not happy. Yeah. Really messed with him, the dead realm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the only way I can really describe his demeanor right now is just... Just melancholy. Mm-hmm. Boomer, as a known, has to see the brighter side of things. Fact. Plus, you know, it'll be our hand. Well, Karen would like totally listen to Hawthorne Heights right now. Y'all's our version of Hawthorne Heights? Um... Yeah, that would call be... That would we call be, it Detroit Heights? <laughs> How about my dwarven romance? <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's, that's well, my... Either way, he would, he would uh, absolutely let um, Boomer leave him wherever. Pixie chicks. There you go. Yeah. Uh, or the pixie It's all because Boomer had... Or Scooter had to die. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> God damn it, Skater! 
Anyway. Son of a bitch! Get it! <laughs> uh, so, Boomer, I mean, Scooter's a trash gnome. Fuck that guy. Right. So you guys leave and go back to your cabin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going back. At least uh, he is. So you all are... You go back to your room. It's exactly the way you had left it. Um... However, not too deep into you all settling in for the evening, uh, there is a gentle rap and knock at the door. Uh, I'll go answer it. Okay. I know who it is. Do you now? Elle's getting sloshed. Yeah, I have. Karen shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer's still holding his hand. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing wrong with gnome on dragonborn relationships, Kenny. I know that. Anyway, there's the power bottom in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So the door opens, and the conductor for your car is standing there. And he hands Boomer uh, five red paper envelopes with golden uh, sort of tr- trim um, and a wax seal. That is the seal of the Ella Rail, and he says, "For the VIP of the cabin, here you are, sir." Uh, thank you, appreciate it. And then he uh, walks away. See you. Have a good day. Sort of like salutes as he walks down the hall. All right, Bruno will walk back and uh, hand the the tickets to his his friends. We've been through some shit now. We're all friends. So, we <clears throat> like one for you, one for you, one for you. Um, Darren would take his and wiggle it and say, uh, "Should we? Uh, should we open them?" Uh, sure. And he didn't. He didn't say to like save it for a rainy day or when you most need it or something, right? Nah. Alright, so are you guys opening it or not? Yeah, Karen's opening it. Okay. Uh, you open- yeah, I'll open mine. Shoot. Alright, you guys open the em- Does everyone open their envelopes or just you two? Hell um, throws his somewhere in the compartment. Okay. And goes back to probably staring out the window. Okay. I'm trying to open these when we're holding hands. So, um, inside the invitation, there is a letter that is identical. Um, however, at the bottom of the letter, there is a different. Uh, the only difference is that at the bottom of the letter, there is a different word written in golden ink. The rest of it is written in regular black ink uh, on white paper. Uh, it says, 
It has come to my attention that I to be I am to be expecting you and your friends at some point in the near future. If at some point you would like to expedite that process, I would request that you find yourselves standing in the same room and repeating the words on the bottom of the paper in unison. Uh, don't lose it. This is this is a word of power. I look forward to meeting you and handling any go on going concerns that you may have with myself, my people, or the Ella Rail as a whole. Your potential host, and then uh, it's some name in a language you can't read. Are you sure? I don't know. What languages can you read? No, Mr. Warvish in Abyssal. Uh, uh, Draconic and Common. Nope. Dwarven. Whatever. So not abyssal. No. Dang. I think the only one of us who can actually read abyssal is uh, Arjrau. And Dylan. And Boomer. Oh, sorry. You're good. Well, boys, what do you want to do? You want to wait? Get drunk? Wake up in the morning, see this guy. By the way, L, quit throwing your shit around. Make sure you keep a hold of that. Why wait, Garen would say. Why wait, Garen would say. Why have another night in these bunks when we uh, might be able to actually get some hospitality? Well, because this is a team decision, and we are a team and a group of friends. A fellowship, if you will. It was, it was presented as a question, not a demand. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, well, I don't know. By the way, you're looking good, buddy. You been doing push-ups? A lot, actually. He'd say, yeah. uh, almost subconsciously flexing his pecs. Yeah, there you go, buddy. So you're feeling better. All right. They're great. Uh, <laughs> what do y'all want to do? L, you're pretty liquored up. Do you want to wait? Sure. Rung, how how deep into your fan fiction are you? Rung looks up from his book and he's like, "Oh, I'm just proofreading right now." All right, y'all want to wait till morning then? I mean, I feel fine thanks to the medical uh, the medical crew that helped me, but whatever everyone else wants to know. Hey, buddy, come on! You want to? You know you want to read those words with us in unison. I'm tired. He might have have really, really good booze, like the best stuff you've ever tasted. This guy's rich. That's a good point. Yeah, do you think one of the uh, most important people in Yellow Rail is going to have some of the finest stuff? And sexy snake ladies, maybe. Oh, wait. I missed the one sexy snake lady. I refuse to miss another. Maybe we shouldn't do it when I'm, you know, drunk. Hell, I've known you for what? A week and a half now? Has it been like two you months? Got, I was going to say, you guys have been traveling for like almost three months. Oh, I've known you for like three months now. I know you can handle your liquor. You're just letting it get to you. Now, come on, old boy. Power through. Do it for Boomer. I am very tired of this dream. 
exactly. We might be able to get on like something better than this train, like a flying train. We might well, even be able to get you on a woman that doesn't suck your life out. Huh. Hey, huh. you don't know what I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a pretty good idea, buddy. Karen, what's that? Maybe I want a man who doesn't <laughs> suck my life out. Oh, he's right. He's right. I don't judge. I did mention harem boys, Karen, which they wiggle your finger. Uh, L will, as he's musing, very languidly stretch over and clumsily snatch his uh, invite off of the floor where he knocked it to and open it. Okay. All right, so you ready, buddy? You might want to get some nice, uh, some new ink and quill ready because this could be fan fiction tested. All right, uh, so you guys all read the words at the bottom. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Klaatu, Barakta, Nictus. Ah, Necktie. So you guys say the words. Uh, together a couple of times the room immediately goes pitch black um, magical darkness you can't see and then a moment later uh, a candle flickers on uh, in the gentle distance ahead of you as if you were suddenly in a hallway and the candle is sitting on a small bedside table that is next to a door that is closed Hmm. Well, I regret this decision. Um, Karen doesn't have uh, nips, but he's still acutely aware that he forgot to put a shirt on. <laughs> well, well, I guess this is his house. Maybe we should knock, and Boomer will knock on the door. Um, there is no response to you knocking on the door. Man, more spooky. All right. Check door for traps. Well, with the day he's had, Garen would walk over and, and just start to open the door. Okay. There's nothing in the room, right? It's just an empty room. Yeah, you guys are in like a black hallway. Oh, black hallway. Oh, uh, yeah, why not? Uh, <clears throat> Garen would open the door. Okay, you open the door and seemingly are stepping out of a closet into a dressing room of some sort, for which there is a very well-dressed uh, tailor um, who immediately walks up to you, looks you up and down and goes, well, you're a bit broad in the shoulders, aren't you? You're going to make a nightmare for me. Uh, it's at this point that you notice that not only is he wearing a single monocle, and as I said before, a very uh, nice tailor's outfit, but he is also... Um, He's very red in the skin, uh, and, and and has horns and a tail, and and relatively moderate sized uh, red leathery wings. Oh, so this guy's a demon. We're a dragonborn. Garen might have jumped up, being so suddenly evaluated uh, as so. But yeah, his shoulders are pretty great. He's got delts for days. <laughs> uh, and he's going to grab you by your apparent scruff and like 
pull you to the side with like strength the likes of which you never would have expected of a man of his size. Uh, who's standing next? Uh, probably, probably me. Alright, he looks you up and down and says, Oh, you'll be easy to put a suit together for. Get out of the way. Hey, uh, alright, shoot, bye. Who's next? I guess that would be me. And he looks you up and down and says, Oh, well, I guess I know exactly what I'm making for you, tall, slender, and bit in the woods. Uh, Okay. Step aside. I need to see the rest of your friends. Uh, all right. Move out of the way. I think he's looking at L at this point. Yeah. L stumbles into the room and blinks in the light. Sort of wafts a hand, a clawed hand in front of his face. Well, obviously something to cover up that wretched smell and probably a lot of gold and fanciness. And for your friend behind you, probably black on black on black on black with purple rose in his lapel <coughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, we've actually just Put been calling him hot dog. We're not sure why. Put some metal edges in there. He loves that shit. Wonderful. Now, sit down and make yourself comfortable for a few moments while I try and make heads and tails of five different people with ridiculously different shaped bodies. You are, you know you're all late, right? He sort of walks to the other side of this very nice room. Uh, and sits in front of uh, a, a sort of sewing machine and grabs a bolt of cloth and seems to go right to work making clothes. Yeah, Garrett's melancholy is completely lost in just 100% pure confusion at this point. And he kind of looked at Boomer with and raised his hands in like a universal, like, the fuck is going on gesture. Hey man, I don't know what he's talking about different bodies. Me and you are pretty much built the same. So... That guy. Sure, we're practically brothers, he would say. I got shoulders. A moment later, he comes back with a small brass ring with a uh, set of three emeralds put into the ring, and he offers it to um, Valandes and says, here, put that on and see how it fits you. Valandis takes a moment and puts it on, and his look he looks completely different immediately. Um, he still looks like himself, like physically, like he still is a drow, he still looks like himself, but his blemishes are, are, are makeuped over. His his attire is completely different. It's a snazzy, long, uh, almost like a like what one would wear if they were a pianist, you know, like those like the back's really long, but the front is very professional. Uh, somewhat like that, except, again, it's black with a black undershirt uh, and sort of very uh, heavy metal, like, clasps down the front to hold the suit together. Um, and it's very dashing. Um, That's super hardcore. Yeah. It's and, like a German goth singer. Sort of, yeah. Um, and then he goes, perfect, looks wonderful on you. Uh, and as he's, the tailor sort of leaves him and goes back to the machine, grabs another couple of bolts of cloth and seems to be again making a, a, a outfit. Um, you guys kind of look to Val and he sort of like takes the ring off and he's immediately back in his regular clothes. Puts the ring back on, fancy. Ring off, mundane, on, fancy. 
I want it. I need it. Um, the tailor comes back a moment later um, and hands a ring of similar design, except it's copper with um, almost like a vein of small emerald dust growing through it, almost like it's a like wood with a vine growing along it, and hands it to Thrawn and says, try that on for size. From gods and dons it. Um, you are immediately dressed in the attire that the likes of which would be completely exceptional at one of the famous balls of your capital city. Uh, you are in a slightly loose fitting, but not like unkempt, um, two piece attire. It is textured like the forest and yet is a beautiful melody of earth tones from neck to, to, uh, to shoes. Well, it's a little on the nose, but I think it looks good. Right. And Taylor's he, he, he would look over it and ask, inquire about uh, potentially changing the copper to a, like silver. Uh, he, the tailor sort of stops and like, sort of cracks his neck and goes, you, you, silver, fine, give me it. He sort of takes the right. ring. I takes Garen would kind of just ask him if he's really going to mess with the craftsman. Takes just, he's the, the yeah, I just let how much he likes silver. He <laughs> shrugs and says, it's more like my military attire. He takes the he takes the ring and um, pulls a vial from uh, amongst like almost a bandolier of vials on his belt and just sort of military <laughs> and like dabs some silver onto his finger and and then like almost as if he's extracting the copper and replacing it with the silver with just his fingers um, he then like drips and like flicks several drops of copper into a vial that's filled with copper liquid. And then he hands the ring back to you guys and says, now try that on for size, sir. I'm sure you'll find it much more appropriate. Frog tries it on. It is the same outfit almost entirely, except there is, uh, where there used to be sort of bark and uh, sort of brown tones uh, to the, the, the sort of accents, like the leaves on your shoulder, the leaf patterns on your shoulders and etc., the vines and the, the sort of the all of the f- leaves on your attire in terms of like texture and look are almost mm-hmm. frosted uh, like a like a early spring morning rather mm-hmm. or a late winter morning rather than a uh, sort of midsummer where it's a lot more like wooden. Frog would not say well. Thank you, sir. I apologize for the inconvenience. No, no, you're supposed to be satisfied. I just have a lot of orders to get through today. My apologies for being short. And he goes back to his work. Uh, He comes back a moment later, and he has a very simple band of gold and hands it to uh, L and says, Well, I'm sure you'll be satisfied. Well... I think I'll be the judge of that. And he puts it on. Um, as you put it on, uh, he sprays you in several places with a very pungent cologne that smells like 
freshly burnt cinnamon and white sage leaf. <laughs> to cover up the fact that you stink of alcohol. Yes. <laughs> you transform into a 20-year-old twink from California. Oh. Uh, do you guys know Goldar <laughs> from, like, the old fucking Power Rangers? What? Yeah, make my bitches burn. Um, do you guys know the the character from old like season one Power Rangers, Goldar? Yeah, Goldar. Um, <laughs> well, all right. For those who don't know, he's essentially he looks like a baboon man, except his armor is just fucking gold. Like everything is gold. Um, that's what L looks like, except he's in a very, very fancy. Um, what would be the word I'm looking for? Like an entertainer's outfit. Like, very loose, but, like, the chest is very open. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's, it hangs low in the appropriate places, but it's also very tight to the places that show off your form. Um, but from, yes. from head to toe, it's either gold or it's uh, an underlayer, which is, like, a royal purple. Even your fucking boots are, like, velvet purple along the sides, but the front is a strip of, like, golden, gold-dyed leather. It's, uh, it would be almost an affront to the eyes in a very bright room. So it's you. L looks at the guy and, and just says, no one has ever understood me? Did you have, sir? <laughs> God damn it. That's so... I'm no, sorry. No, thank, you. thank you enough. He sort of, uh, the tailor, like, triple, like, what? what is that gesture called to, like, rotate your hand in front of you as you bow? Flourish? Flourish? I guess, yeah. He flourishes almost an exorbitant amount of times and, like, gently bows. He goes... I'm glad you're in love with it, sir. That was the point. Sort of trots back off. Uh, comes back a few moments later, and, and you guys have sort of, after becoming a touch uh, astonished with these rings that seem to glamour your character into uh, these very fancy looks, um, you realize that he is quite literally running these bolts of fabric through his his uh, sewing needle machine and infusing the thread and the fabric into the ring. Like, he's making a ring out of fabric, but you look and you hold the ring and it feels like metal, um, which is obviously some fucking serious magic going on here. Yeah. Uh, he Trade comes, secret. Right. He comes back later with a ring that looks... It's, it's almost... Um, Oh, what's the... Hematite? Do you guys know Hematite? It's like... Sure. A, a very shiny, sil- almost like a dark silver sort of color. Look at look, look up Hematite. It's a very pretty stone, actually. But it's That a, is a very pretty stone. Yeah. It's a band of Hematite with uh, a couple of... Um, what's the stone? I just had it. It's got a couple of, like, white quartzes. Um, patterned along the band um, and the courses okay. are, are like hexagonal and they seem to be like turning into each other like gears 
and he hands it to Boomer. And says, I believe this will be perfect for you, Yusha. Uh, yeah, Boomer's going to put it on. Um, you immediately <coughs> are... Uh, you look like... Um, you look like you went to a steampunk convention and spent all of your money on an outfit. Hell yeah! <laughs> like you're wearing a, uh, like a top hat with like six monocles on the one side. Uh, you're wearing like a tight little rustic or uh, rust-colored vest um, with unnecessary cogs and clockwork uh, around parts of your body, um, but overall a very dapper. What color is my beard now? Uh, your beard has not changed color. Oh. Neon green. <laughs> uh, say, is it like a nice blue or maybe a nice copper now? Would you like it to be? Yeah. It is a copper. Yeah! Almost as if uh, you took a fistful of rust and like massaged it into your beard and your beard just turned that color. Hell yeah. But like, be- but like really... <laughs> Highly oxygenized rust. Like, I'm talking, like, almost orange, you know? Yeah, super cool. Uh, and then the tailor sort of looks at Geheron and goes, Phew. Like you? Um, like yeah. you or not you? When he's, like, pointing to your scales. Um... Uh, he is at like at a loss for where he's never had nice clothes. Um, what whatever you think would be best. Sort of throws his hands up and just walks away, mur- muttering to himself in a language that no one understands. He'd say, "I like blue." And uh, he immediately sets to work and grabs this huge navy blue bolt of cloth and just gets to Ooh. it. Um, the ring he produces a few moments later uh, is quite actually a band of sapphire. Uh, like sapphire gemstone. Um, and it has a sort of vein through it, like almost like cracks in your scale, um, of, uh, of gold, like all the way around. So it's like almost like two craggy pieces of sapphire that have been adhered together with a sort of splintering vein of gold. All right, Karen's all about it. And as you put it on, you are immediately in a... um, I want to almost call it, like, real-world military officer uniform-esque. Like, it's more... It's it's Yalzar-appropriate, like, in terms of style, but it's very, like, sharp edges and very... Very, very almost tight along your chest, but loose around your pants. But it is this very... Like, like, like some really like really sexy dress blues? Yeah, like that. Um, you know, except right. it's this deep, like, very dark navy blue um, that uh, would be mistaken for black in certain lighting. But it's, it's very, very nice. And the buttons are um, pearl... It, and the tri- like the the rim of every button is gold, and you have uh, what are those called on the shoulders that are normally like have tassels and whatnot? That shit is uh, all like ivory. Lapels. And Thank you. Like lapels are all. Uh, it, everything that isn't navy blue is 
uh, like pearlescent and then gold around the edges. Um, it's it's a epaulette. Sorry, my mic was. Oh, I apologize. Epaulettes, great. Thank you. So, like your epaulettes, um, your lapels, if you would have them, like anything that is an accent to this outfit is pearl, uh, like pearlescent, and then gold on the red. A very striking outfit. He is ecstatic about it. Uh, he's never had nice clothes, so he's very very happy. So now that he's done, the sort of tailor wipes the beads of yellow. Uh, liquid from his forehead and goes and it stinks of sulfur and he goes well you have made me hustle quite a bit to make all that happen I hope you're quite satisfied with yourselves but before my employer would see you you must of course be well dressed as I've done for you and therefore my service is done but also you must how to put it clean yourselves I am to show you to the room to handle such problems. Karen would be all about a bath. He means a bath, right? That's a weird way to put that. Yeah, yeah you're getting a bath, buddy. We're talking about bathing, right? Yes, of course. Sorry. Oh, good. It's been a weird day. Yeah, it's been a weird couple of days. Yes, we know. Uh, he sort of shows you to... Uh, one of the doorways in the room and inside there is just a large bathroom uh, um, almost like a bathhouse where there is a public bath there's several private baths um, there are a couple of attending characters that uh, are walking around the room they have towels at the ready and um, cleaning supplies uh, at standby uh, Karen's already walking towards the main bath He's untying his pants as he's walking and looking back at the boys with a smile. So one unnecessarily sexually charged uh, cleaning scene later. <laughs> I imagine like the volleyball scene of Top Gun. Sure. Sure. What <laughs> with Gales? Uh, All right. Yeah, you know, how, however you want to write it. So I guess it's, <laughs> it's canon. <laughs> so... Fast forward, you guys are all, you know, much more well uh, tended and and smelling pristine. And uh, there is uh, the, the assistants have sort of pointed you to the doorway that you're going to have to go to meet their employer. Oh, Jaren, I guess would lead the way unless anyone else wants to step up. Nah. Last time I stepped up, I ended up killing a kid. <laughs> um. Okay, so you guys uh, walk out that door, and you're in a very uh, pretty hallway with uh, lots of reds, blacks, and golds. Um, and uh, one of the one of the sides of the hallway is sort of you know walls with doors. Uh, however, it's very obvious that you're meant to go to the end of the hallway where there is a large double door of some sort of black wood um, with a uh, large gold plaque on it that has a name or it has something written on it in um, black engraving but is in a language that none of you can read. Um, and on the left side of the hallway, there is nothing but windows 
that uh, should you look out is a hellscape of fire and brimstone and devils flying through the air. Uh, it's it's um, fucking bedlam outside. But it seems to order. Oh, good. Um, did we did we go through the wrong door again? Did we end up someplace we weren't supposed to be. As hell. I'd like to lodge a complaint with Miss Frizzle. Okay. <laughs> beep beep seatbelts, everyone. Uh, Garen, uh, Steph would kind of falter as he realizes that they are in a fire and brimstone hellscape, uh, but seeing no other option right now, and he's just done with today, he would just walk straight towards the, uh, door, and unless anybody stopped him, namely the door, he would open it, uh, both doors at the same time in a very, uh, Aragon-esque fashion. Um, so as you guys approach the door, you're actually stopped by a servant, who... Uh, then he doesn't do that. Right. Um, a servant who has sort of like a like a serving tray, except when he opens the, the lid to it, it is a series of uh, five contracts and uh, an ink well with red ink. And he says, "Excuse me, sirs, but before you enter the the next chamber, I'm afraid that you must sign this contract of secrecy, for which." Uh, you may read it if you desire, but allow me to very honorably tell you the summary. It very simply dictates that whatever transpires within this room is to be kept within this room. Any boons, privileges, blessings, or otherwise that you are receiving, you are to be secretive as possible about where it is that you got them. It is to be secretive as to who you meet on the inside of this room and any affiliation that that person or any other person that you've met in this mansion today have with their affiliations to anything. Is that clear? Yeah, sure. Still, let me see that, that, that the thing. Okay. Why don't you hand it down here? Yeah. Of course. Of course. Uh, Jared. I'm going to run an investigation check. On what? I'm on the, on the contract to see if there's any fine point about me selling my soul to this person. Okay, go ahead and make your investigation check. That's a uh, 17. Okay. Um, there is no such thing in terms of selling souls in the contract. Cool. Yeah, no. I no problem with this. Yeah, Garen, when we do the contract, he might not be an incredibly intelligent man, but he is a mercenary. And uh, he would basically, as long as nothing seemed out of order, like... Hey, don't say anything, or you're forfeiting your soul to hell to burn for all eternity, or worse, being sued. Um, <laughs> actually, there is a uh, commitment to the consequences to breaking this contract, although it has nothing to do with selling your soul. Um, it simply states, should the parties that have signed this contract at any point produce it uh, – Actions that make it null and void. All parties involved will be immediately notified, and there will be extensive action led against the perpetrator in in any form for which the spurned feels appropriate. It's not. All right. Cool. Talk and get assassinated. I get it. I can deal with this. 
Uh, I mean, uh, Boomer will turn your party to like, it looks pretty legit to me. I mean, yeah. as long as we keep our trap shut, nothing bad should happen. Yeah, Karen would say it's probably one of the cleaner cut contracts I've ever seen. Ooh, very nice. A nice mullet. All right, so you all sign the contract. Uh, yeah. All right, boom, boom, boom. Sure. So, because this next scene is actually really important for everyone to be in attendance for, I think I'm gonna cut our session a little bit short tonight. Mm. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really, really want everyone to be here for it. Um, and having a uh, having. Having uh, Valandes not be present for it is, is I think, a bit of a letdown. Nah, he chose that rock star life. <laughs> that is a fact. The rest of us chose, the, chose to be the nerd line. Which is also a fact. Okay, um, <laughs> then I will... No, 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 no I'll, I'll put it to the table. Um, do we want to resolve this encounter tonight? Nah, I'll save it no, for now. Yeah, yeah, let's save it. Yeah, let's save it for, for when... We'll just get back. But his character shows up naked. All right. Anyway. So, okay, then. Uh, you guys sign the contract. We'll leave it there for tonight. So, as always, I have been and will continue to be your dungeon master, Kenny. I have with me my party of uh, some fighter who looks super fly. Thanks. This is uh, Jeff Flanger. Um, Good night. Something that looks like the uh, the steampunk convention just dragged in. Hey y'all, it's Boomer. I look fancy as fuck. Y'all have a good night. A man who has unfortunately found out that he is in fact out of ink for his fan fiction. <sighs> Fuck goddamn it. That's uh me, Devin, playing for wrong. Uh, have and, a good night, guys. Guess and, I gotta buy more ink. And last but not least, fresh to death, but gold as shit. Uh, it's me. I'm Austin playing L. Uh, I'm also a golden god. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Night, night. night. Uh...